Good morning, this is Caleb Arend with the Walk with God podcast and YouTube channel. Today is the 3rd of August, 2020, and today we're going to be reading from Psalm 26, 2 Chronicles chapter 33, verse 14 through chapter 34, then Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19, and Romans chapter 16, verses 8 through 27, finishing the book of Romans today before we start the book of 1 Corinthians tomorrow. Before we dive into our reading, let's open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, so much for your holy word that you have given us, your history of all mankind, your history of the Jewish nation, of raising up Abraham and taking him from his country over to the land of Israel and into the land of Egypt and back and forth and raising up his children to uh, even to the height of the Davidic dynasty and uh, of Solomon and the extent that he expanded that kingdom and down to the, the lower depths of being exiled from the land. But you, Lord, you kept with them. You did not forsake your people that you called to your purpose and you fulfilled your promise. You brought the Messiah. Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand your true message of your word, of your history. We, I pray that you would help us to see Jesus Christ in all of Scripture, from the Old Testament and the New Testament. Help us to see your teachings. Help us to see your character, your holiness, your faithfulness, and your love, and your truth, and your justice that you uh, you pour into every word that you speak it it just exudes it, it pours out your character and we see that in our eyes and uh, hear that with our ears as we read lord i pray that you would open the ears the minds the hearts of all of the readers and the listeners so that we can understand your word and we can take your plain simple message your your straight forward truth from your word and apply it to our lives and to speak it into the lives of others today Help us and please bless us, Lord, I pray, Father. We pray for the Johnson family who has just lost their daughter to cancer. Please comfort them, Lord, and please give them peace and comfort during this time. We pray for the continued healing of uh, Joel McConkie and the healing of his leg and of his cancer. We pray for Grandpa Delano and Grandpa Napuanoa, healing of their cancer, and all those that are uh, healing and recovering from cancer or from uh, the virus. And we pray for their healing and their complete and full recovery. In Jesus' name, thank you, Father. Amen. Now turning to Psalm 26, we're going to read there today. And it says, Judge me, O Lord, for I have walked in mine integrity. I have trusted also in the Lord, therefore I shall not slide. Examine me, O Lord, and prove me. Try my reins and my heart. For thy loving kindness is before mine eyes, and I have walked in thy truth. I have not sat with vain persons, neither will I go in with dissemblers. I have hated the congregation of evildoers, and will not sit with the wicked. I will wash mine hands in innocency, so will I compass thine altar, O Lord, that I may publish with the voice of thanksgiving, and tell of all thy wondrous works. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house, and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Gather not my soul with sinners, nor my life with bloody men, in whose hands is mischief, and their right hand is full of bribes. But as for me, I will walk in mine integrity, redeem me, and be merciful unto me. My foot standeth in an even place, in the congregations will I bless the Lord. And here we see the psalmist is reciting the character that the Lord has blessed him with, that the Lord has 
raised him up in and taught him, and that he has seen that by staying in the congregation of the Lord, by continuously going to the Lord, David is writing here that as he has been raised up in a good family, and as he has continuously followed after the Lord, the Lord has continued to bless him in his, that integrity, and even as the Lord does search the hearts, David examines his own heart with the leading and the convictions of the Holy Spirit. And so, because he always comes and repents to God for the that which he does wrong, he has a clean relationship between him and God. And so, he is able to say, examine me, O Lord, and prove me, or try me, and test me, try my reins and my heart. See that there is nothing that I have kept back from you, that there is just a pure and clean relationship, that I can go into your temple, into your congregation, and be clean and pure in your sight and have that good relationship with you, but not uh, have the same relationship that other evildoers or the congregation of the wicked might have because they uh, set some things on their eyes and they set their eyes on things of this world and they try to fill their mind and their heart with the lusts of this world and they are not clean. And so we can learn that we should apply this to our lives. We should keep our eyes, our minds, our hearts clean and pure before the Lord. We should stay in the congregation, in the house of the Lord. We should continuously go there. And just as they say, three to thrive, we should be there whenever the doors are open so that we can be blessed by the giving of the word of God and apply it to our lives and be blessed by the Lord in that way. Now, turning to the book of Second Chronicles, we're going to read from chapter 33, verse 14 today, through chapter 34. And it says, Now after this, he built a wall without the city of David, on the west side of Gihon, in the valley, even to the entering in at the fish gate, encompassed about Ophel, and raised it up a very great height, and put captains of war in all the fenced cities of Judah. And he took away the strange gods and the idol out of the house of the Lord and all the altars that he had built in the mount of the house of the Lord and in Jerusalem and cast them out of the city. And he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereon peace offerings and thank offerings and commanded Judah to serve the Lord God of Israel. Nevertheless, the people did sacrifice still in the high places, yet unto the Lord their God only. Now the rest of the acts of Manasseh, and his prayer unto his God, and the words of the seers that spake to him in the name of the Lord God of Israel, behold, they are written in the book of the kings of Israel. His prayer also, and how God was entreated of him, and all his sins, and his trespass, and the places wherein he built high places, and set up groves and graven images, before he was humbled, behold, they are written among the sayings of the seers. So Manasseh slept with his fathers, and they buried him in his own house, and Ammon his son reigned in his stead. Ammon was two and twenty years old when he began to reign, and reigned two years in Jerusalem. But he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as did Manasseh his father. For Ammon sacrificed unto all the carved images which Manasseh his father had made, and served them. And humbled not himself before the Lord, as Manasseh his father had humbled himself, but Ammon trespassed more and more. And his servants conspired against him, and slew him in his own house. But the people of the land slew all them that had conspired against King Ammon, and the people of the land made Josiah his son king in his stead. 
Chapter 34 Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign, and he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father. And in the twelfth year he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places, and the groves, and the carved images, and the molten images. And they brake down the altars of Balaam in his presence, and the images that were on high above them he cut down, and the groves, and the carved images, and the molten images he brake in pieces, and made dust of them, and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priests upon their altars, and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh, and Ephraim, and Simeon, even unto Naphtali, with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves, and had beaten the graven images into powder, and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Now in the eighteenth year of his reign, when he had purged the land and the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, and Maaseiah, the governor of the city, and Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. And when they came to Hilkiah, the high priest, they delivered the money that was brought into the house of God, which the Levites that kept the doors had gathered of the hands of Manasseh and Ephraim, and of all the remnant of Israel, and of all Judah and Benjamin, and they returned to Jerusalem. And they put it in the hand of the workmen that had the oversight of the house of the Lord, and they gave it to the workmen that wrought in the house of the Lord to repair and amend the house. Even to the artificers and builders gave they it to buy hewn stone and timber for couplings, and to floor the houses which the kings of Judah had destroyed. And the men did the work faithfully, and the overseers of them were Jahath and Obadiah, the Levites, of the sons of Merari, and Zechariah and Meshulam, of the sons of the Kohathites, to set it forward, and other of the Levites, all that could skill of instruments of music. Also they were over the bearers of burdens, and were overseers of all that wrought the work in any manner of service, and of the Levites there were scribes and officers and porters. And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found a book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king, and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord, and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers, and to the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass, when the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Abdon the son of Micah, and Shaphan the scribe, and Asaiah the servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord for me, and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah, concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us, because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. And Hilkiah and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvath, the son of Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. And she answered them, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place, and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place, and shall not be quenched. And as for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place, and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes, and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place, and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah, and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and the priests, and the Levites, and all the people, great and small. And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. And the king stood in his place, and made a covenant before the Lord, to walk after the Lord, and to keep his commandments, and his testimonies, and his statutes, with all his heart, and with all his soul, to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertained to the children of Israel, and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. In today's reading, we are studying and looking at the reign of Manasseh, and uh, particularly the second part of his reign when he repented before the Lord. Then we're looking at his son Ammon, and then we're looking at his grandson, Josiah. Now, Manasseh started out as a very evil king in Jerusalem, and he began reigning when he was 25 years old, and he reigned for 29 years until he was 54 years old. Somewhere in that time, he... Uh, because he had been doing so wickedly and so set up so many carved images and graven images and even put them in the courts of the temple and put them in the temple itself and made and created many high places and even sacrificed some of his own children to the fire to one of the false gods of the Canaanites. The Lord punished Oh, Israel and punished Jerusalem and Judah and punished Manasseh because of all the evil that he had been doing and in leading the people to do more and more evil by being a weak, wicked, evil king. He, the Lord, sent the Assyrians to punish Manasseh and they took him and they tormented him or punished him and persecuted him and it says took Manasseh among the thorns that's mean like literally like dragging him through thorns and scraping him with the thorns and thistles of the field and so when they did this they brought him to Babylon and while he was being punished while he's being afflicted then Manasseh repented and humbled himself before God and prayed unto God and the Lord saw that his heart was true and right before the Lord and that he was truly repenting and so because of this the Lord brought him back to Jerusalem and after this Manasseh began serving the Lord God but he is still remembered and known and written in the book of Chronicles as an evil king because he did that much evil in the city of Jerusalem 
Jerusalem and in the kingdom of Judah there. But after this, he repaired the altar of the Lord and sacrificed thereon. He restored his relationship with God. And so we can learn from Manasseh that there's never a uh, too far point. There's never a point in your life where you have done so much evil and wickedness that you are beyond salvation or beyond repentance. It is always a point where you can turn and follow after God. You, It doesn't matter where you are. You can always change. You can always turn. You can always begin to follow the Lord today. After Manasseh, we have his son Ammon. Ammon only reigned two years in Jerusalem because he also did that which was wicked and and evil. He did not repent. And because of this, uh, people, some of his own servants and some of the people that were following him, it, they slew him and they conspired against him and slew him in his own house. But the people of the land, the land of Jerusalem and of Judah, they took all those that were the assassins or the murderers of Ammon and they killed them. And so they stopped this uh, bloodletting. They, they stopped this assassinations and these murders. After this, Josiah, his son, Manasseh's grandson, began to reign, and because his father's life was cut short by the, this murder, he began to reign when he was eight years old. But he reigned for 31 years after this, and so that would make him uh, 39 when he died. Josiah, he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and especially once he got to the eighth year of his reign, when he was 16 years old, while he was still young, while still not even considered quite an adult yet, he began to really pursue after the God of David, his father, it says in verse 3, and he began to in the twelfth year then, after he was twenty years old, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem. Now he's an adult. Now he's really making the leadership decisions, the hard decisions of how he's going to correct the nation of Israel, to bring them back after the, the following and the worship of the Lord God of Israel. And so he began to purge Judah. He began to break down all of the fa the fake altars of the these false idols and gods and destroy them and remove them out of the the house of the Lord, remove them out of the temple courts and break down all of the altars of Baal and break down all of the high places and take them down and destroy all of the carved and molten images and break them into pieces and made dust of them and strewed it, the dust of all these carved images upon the graves of them that sacrificed to them all the worshipers of Baal. He even burnt the bones of the priests of Baal upon their own altars and then cleansed Judah and Jerusalem from all this false worship uh, and this how the people of Israel had turned away from God and followed after these false idols, these graven images of the Canaanites, but he returned Israel to worship the true and the living God. And after this, once he had done this for six years, it took a full six years to purge and to cleanse all of Jerusalem and all of Israel, he then began to set his focus on the true worship of God and establishing that worship by repairing the house of the Lord. And so he had Hilkiah the high priest and several other trusted men begin to take the money and to give that money to the workers and the artificers and the architects and they did that and they repaired the Lord through that uh, they repaired the house of the Lord, excuse me, in that way. And once that was fully repaired, then they brought in incense and they brought in the book of the law and they brought in all the people and they began to worship the Lord. While they were doing this construction, 
and the priests, they found the book of the law of the Moses, and they brought it to Josiah, and they read it to him. And when he heard all the curses, and all the punishments, and all the afflictions that would be done unto the people that forsook the Lord God, the living God, he repented, he wept, he ripped and uh, ripped his robes and tore them open and just repented before the Lord for all the evil that his uh, father, that his grandfather, that some of his forefathers had done. And then they sought after the Lord. They found somebody that would speak for the Lord, thus saith the Lord. And they were warned that, yes, this evil shall come as the punishment and as the true word of God, as the forewarnings had predicted and said, this will come, but it will not come in your lifetime because you have humbled yourself before, before God. You've led the people to worship God tr in truth. And because of this, it did not come. The punishment did not come. The exile into the land of Babylon did not come in Josiah's lifetime. We also see that Josiah, he set up all this worship in the house of the Lord. He caused this word to be read to all of the people. And so he, he wasn't just keeping it to himself. He taught all the people. We should take note of that. And we should do that as well. This word of God is not just for us. It's for the entire world. The entire world needs to hear it. And also because of this, because of all of his days, the people did not depart from following the Lord, the God of their fathers, the living God of all the earth, and they kept to following the Lord because of the leadership of Josiah. Sometimes all it takes is just one man to make a difference in people's lives. Now, turning to the book of Proverbs, we're going to read from Proverbs chapter 20, verse 19, and it says, He that goeth about as a talebearer revealeth secrets, therefore meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. And so he that goes and he just continuously is telling stories and telling that which he has heard from everybody else and sharing everybody else's secrets because that is what he feels is making him popular or earning him and gaining him a whole bunch of friends and people that will continuously give him attention and give her, or give her attention and continuously talk with them and make them feel good. They, he revealeth secrets, it says. He is sharing that information that people did not want to be shared. Therefore, meddle not with him that flattereth with his lips. Uh, don't be a, a friend with him. Don't meddle with him. Don't give him that information, that the secrets that you know will not stay a secret. Once you tell it to him, everybody else will know soon. So meddle not with him, it says, and that flattereth with his lips. And so take note of those people that are trustworthy and that have been proven over time that they can be trusted with your word and with your secrets and your information and do trust them. But also take note of those that cannot be trusted and do not entrust secret information with them. Do not entrust that which is critical to you. And it is okay to tell people no. You don't need to give out things like your social security number or your bank account information or things that is critical to you and the health and the security of your family. Do not give that out and keep that safe and secure with those that you know can be trusted. Now, turning to the book of Romans today, we're going to read from chapter 16. We're going to read verses 8 through 27. And it says, Greet Amplius, my beloved in the Lord. Salute Urbane, our helper in Christ, and Stychus, my beloved. Salute Apelles, 
approved in Christ, salute them which are of Aristobulus' household. Salute Aridion, my kinsman. Greet them that be of the household of Narcissus, which are in the Lord. Salute Trephina and Trephosa, who labor in the Lord. Salute the beloved Persis, which labored much in the Lord. Salute Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother and mine. Salute Asyncritus and Phlegon, Aramus, Petrobus, Hermes, and the brethren which are with them. Salute Philologus and Julia, Nereus and his sister, and Olympus, and the saints which are with them. Salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly, and by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. For your obedience is come abroad unto all men. I am glad, therefore, on your behalf, but yet I would have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. And the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. Timotheus, my workfellow, and Lucius, and Jason, and Sosipater, my kinsmen, salute you. I, Tertius, who wrote this epistle, salute you in the Lord. Gaius, mine host, and of the whole church, saluteth you. Erastus, the chamberlain of the city, saluteth you, and Cortus, a brother. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel, and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began, but now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. Here in this last chapter of the book of Romans, we see some very important instruction that Paul is giving to the church at Rome and to the Roma believers and that we can learn from as believers ourselves. And the first is that we are to salute one another with an holy kiss. The churches of Christ salute you. And so we are to greet one another. We are to be kind and compassionate and friendly to one another and to continue to be uh, gracious in our fellowship with other believers. Paul goes through a list of saluting by name many different people throughout this chapter, giving them recognition, giving them thanks regarding their uh, their work and their gifts and their offerings, their sacrifices, their time, their treasure, their talent, and all of the efforts that they put forth and making them known unto other fellow Christians and fellow workmen and laborers for Christ so that others can know that they're not alone, others that are working and others are trying to further the cause of Christ. And we should continue to do the same. We should continue to further the cause of Christ and recognize our fellow laborers and fellow workmen who are furthering that cause. But a second lesson, and a very important one, is also that Paul is beseeching Christians everywhere to mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the teachings of the Lord Jesus Christ. So not being unified and not causing unity, but causing division and strife. Mark them. Uh, make them known. Make it known that they are either not believers, they are not saved, or make it known that they might be saved believers 
but they are causing division. They are causing disunity. They are destroying the church and cause a division in the church. And so avoid them and cause others and teach others to avoid them until they repent. For they that are such serve not our Lord Jesus Christ. They're not serving God. They're not serving Jesus, but their own belly. And they're following after their own lusts. And they're following after the devil because the devil followed after his own lusts. And by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. And so we should not allow others to be deceived by them. We should teach others and warn them. But Paul recognizes that their obedience, the obedience of the Romans, is uh, come abroad unto all men. And so that is a good report. And we should make note that we should recognize people for the good report that they do have. Now the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly, it says in verse 20. And this is a great victory passage showing and sharing that the Lord Jesus Christ will come and he will destroy Satan and that we will have the victory uh, and Satan shall be trod under our feet as well in that victory. Now, in this uh, closing passages, it also recognizes Tertius, who wrote the epistle of the Romans to the Roman church. It recognizes the host uh, that were, uh, was keeping and housing Paul and Tertius and those that were traveling with him. It uh, recognizes Erastus, the chamberlain of the city where they were staying, and so showing that even those in high positions of power and authority uh, also have come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and it recognizes Cortus, it says a brother. And this is not really a name, but it's more of a number. And so this was most likely a slave brother in the Lord that had become saved and gotten uh, uh, baptized and led and discipled. But his name was Cortus. This was typically kind of like a slave's name. And so uh, the, the gospel is for everybody. It's for those that might be of low prosperity and high prosperity. It's for those that are uh, crippled. It's for those that have free movement of all of their bodily functions. It's for everyone, young, old, uh, male, female, um, any type of color of skin because we are all one race we are all made in the image of God and God wants to save every single one of us and in verse 20, 29, it confirms this, Now is made manifest by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith, uh, sharing that all nations should come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, and to God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Paul praises the Lord God in the ending verse of his epistle to the Romans. And we should do the same. We should always praise God who is so good and so good to us. And he has given us the free gift of eternal life, something that we could never earn, something we could never give to anyone else, but we can re receive freely by trusting in the Lord Jesus. Friend, thank you for studying the Word of God with me today. I truly hope it has been a blessing for you, and I hope that you will continue to study the Word and to grow thereby. This is Caleb Arnd with the Walk with God podcast. Just thank you again, once again, for listening, and we'll see you tomorrow for the next episode. God bless you.